This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, builders and remodelers, to another episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that will take you through the process of building or rebuilding a new home from the ground up in one year. We have begun with our episodes about where and who to turn to first when your house has been leveled by disaster. We have been speaking with builders and architects and insurance professionals for their guidance and tips. We will continue to call on them throughout the year, but today it is time to begin our conversations about some of the fun parts of the process. As an interior designer, I prefer to begin my work on a project prior to the pouring of the foundation and framing in order to help perfect the overall plans and use for the home. Whether I've been able to get that head start or not, the very first thing we need to shop for is plumbing fixtures. There are several reasons for this. First, once the foundation is poured, especially if it is a cement slab, our options for making any changes in the plumbing of the bathrooms and kitchens and laundry room diminish greatly. We will want to be sure to confirm if you want a sink in the laundry room or the toilet moved back 12 inches for greater privacy. Once the pipes are in place and the cement is poured, we are bound to the positions in which they have been placed. Second, the plumbing valves, are the first thing the, building, the builder is going to ask for. So we better have made our selections and have them available. The valves are the part of the plumbing fixtures that go into the walls. It is at this moment in the process when we must specify for the builder what kind of shower heads we will be using, a rain head from the ceiling or a shower head on each end of the shower with body spray fixtures coming out of the walls for massage. Will this be an enclosed steam shower? Do we want a jacuzzi tub, which will need a hidden place for the motor? Is there a handheld shower near the shower bench? What kind of faucet will the freestanding tub require? There are literally hundreds of questions to be answered to determine the selection of these fixtures, which will affect the lifestyle of the homeowners. Third, this is the first place in the design process where we will confirm the direction of the style of the interior of the house. The architect has led the client to select the exterior style as traditional, contemporary, French country, craftsman, or any other of the endless series of options. The interior designer's job is now to help the client accentuate the exterior style on the inside or bend the style to fit the modern needs of the individuals. A perfect example of this can be seen in the interior styles of the two houses that we just completed for our clients in Oak Park which were rebuilt after the Woolsey fires. One was transitional exterior, 
which could have been pushed toward traditional or contemporary on the inside. While shopping for the plumbing fixtures, we could see that our client was most attracted to traditional shapes with a bit of glam flair, a little bit fancy. The second of the two homes has craftsman details on the exterior. And once we began to tour the plumbing showroom, it became clear the man of the house was drawn to the very simple lines of contemporary fixtures, while the woman of the house liked the clean lines, but loved the charm of some of the craftsman details inside too. What's a designer to do? Enter today's guest, plumbing specialist, Gail Wilson, who is in the house. Yay, hi. hi. This is our very first live interview with Gail and I in the same room. What fun. As we begin the series of episodes with my vendors and suppliers, you are going to hear me say this a lot. I am only as good as the professionals I work with. I have worked with Gail throughout my entire interior design career and followed her career through three major plumbing supply showrooms over the past 15 years or more. Gail has been involved in the home improvement and remodeling field for more than 45 years. With a degree in interior design from the Interior Designers Guild and an extension courses in interior design at UCLA and Woodbury University here in LA, there is no one with a clearer recall of plumbing lines, plumbing styles and lines, as well as price ranges and options than Gail. What Gail may not know yet is that I am planning about another 10 years in my career as I literally cannot do what I do without her. Retirement for Gail is simply not an option. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we do our best. Yes, we and we can't, best. we're glad you do. So now that we have that all clear, Gail, with our um, early career interest, with your early career interest in interior design, how did you get started in plumbing fixtures? Totally an accident totally an accident. Um, I was working for a um, big box store as um, uh, I was in the flooring, uh, window coverings, and um, wallpaper department. I helped customers select things uh, for the backgrounds of their homes. And I was working in the um, uh, carpeting department by myself, as you know, most yeah. of those stores right. are so, not yeah. staffed very well. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to cut carpeting off of a roll by myself oh, and I hit my head on a, um, something and I, <laughs> I, I was injured. Uh, I took time off when I came back, I was no longer in that department. They moved me to plumbing and I only had a, you know, real basic knowledge of plumbing from being in, um, uh, you know, just in the other side of um, the store. So, uh, so I had to learn really fast. I learned on the job. I learned from all the reps that would come in. Uh, and so I became a member of the National Kitchen and Bath Association. I learned a lot there from different webs, you know, web seminars that they had, even at that time, it was well, you know, yeah. a while ago, uh -huh. but um, it, it just seemed to fit for me. I, I really enjoyed it. It's like putting a puzzle together. Yeah, and, that's exactly um, what it is. So yeah. um, it, it, was, it was a challenge, but um, a very um, satisfying one. Well, it's been satisfying for a long time because 
you have been nonstop at it for all these years, mm -hmm. really your whole mm -hmm. career. Well, most of it. Um, I yeah, started. Well, I started in furniture. Oh, okay. uh, I did um, carpeting, draperies. Uh, I worked for Expo Design Center. Oh. And um, so it, it, you know, it. I did take ten years off to have my kids and ah. raise them at stay home for a while. But when I came back, that's what I, I got back into. Cool. Um, I didn't know your educational background until this interview, but now I understand how you clearly able to guide me and my clients as we begin the process. When a client is doing a kitchen, laundry, and three to six bathrooms for a house, what is it helpful for you to know from the start? Well, first of all, if there's some kind of a, uh, a design theme or uh, style they had in mind, if they've looked at pictures or um, scenarios of what they would like to accomplish. Also, if there's any limitations for the people who'll be living in the home, whether it's a physical limitation or just um, something they like or specifically don't like. Yeah, our first visit, should we bring the plans and elevations with us? Um, I prefer to meet with the uh, designer or contractor oh. to look at plans, not with the homeowner. It, it, there's so much to look at. I think it's kind of confusing because mm -hmm. they look at things tangible uh, in a black and white drawing. They're not able to um, really um, see in their mind until we can make some sketches for them and, and, mm -hmm. and put things together that way. There are many important factors in terms of designing a space with plumbing fixtures like kitchens, bathrooms, and laundry rooms beyond style. There are personal preferences for the way things function, as well as working with disabilities in small and large spaces, as you were just saying. What are the kinds of things you need to know in terms of the space to guide the customer uh, to their best choices? Well, um, function, really leads everything. Um, if you have a large area and the customer wants a rain head, that's great, but we need to know height of the ceiling, how far they want the um, head to drop down, the height of the person. Those, we take in account all those things. Also, if it's a very small space and they want a rain, rain head, we have to find another alternative because if you're taking a uh, 60 by 32 tub and turning it into a shower area, that 12 inch rain head's probably not gonna be the best choice. The best choice. Yeah. So we have to find something else where everyone will be happy with the choices. Yeah, there's a lot of compromises Absolutely. in plumbing fixtures. Absolutely. Most clients, um, as we walk in the doors of a showroom, quickly get the glazed, overwhelmed look. I first tried to I first try to give you as many ideas from my preliminary conversations with them as possible, but frankly, I'm often confused as to where to begin. How do you break uh, that spell and help us see the forest through the trees? Well, I guess by asking questions, working with the designer it is an immense um, help for me because you've already asked most of those preliminary questions. So you lead me in a direction, I automatically, I don't know if it's me personally, but I will suggest certain lines that have um, those type of options that you're mentioning or looking for. But um, 
sometimes I'll just take it into my own hands and say, let's start with the kitchen. Let's start with the master bath. Or is there is there um, some place where you, the client, feel you'd like to start? So we, you know, it's a compromise between all three mm -hmm. of us. And so, so is there a, ma a major difference in how you start working if you if someone comes in with a designer or on their own? And do they sometimes come in with their builders? Yes. Well, sometimes the builder is a designer as well. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of that lately. Um, designers have branched out and, mm -hmm. you know, so everybody has to do uh, more than one job sometimes, uh, just works out that way. But uh, yes, uh, so that helps me because I, then I can suggest something. They'll say yes or no. They know they've seen the property. Yeah. They've seen the location. Mm -hmm. I have not. So yeah, I make the cold. suggestions and we work as a team, mm -hmm. you know, um, and we try to find things that the homeowner feels comfortable with and likes the look of and it's going to work in their space. Now, I like to start with the kitchen as all the style options will be there and we'll be able to see what they're most drawn toward and there are less decisions to make in the kitchen than in the bathrooms. Do you tend to start in one area of the house before another? Um, kitchen's a good place because um, financially that's where people are willing to spend the most money to make the most changes. And it kind of has the theme because um, they're calling the kitchen the heart of the home. So um, great place to start. Yeah, now before we go through the decisions of um, what we have to look at room by room, how do you determine the budget range a client will be comfortable in? Are there leading questions you ask or how do you direct them toward affordable choices? Well, uh, they tell me what they like, the look of, if something stands out to them, uh, I'll mention the retail price and um, see how that goes over. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's great to get it out in the open because then it'll help us be directed to um, what's going to actually work. And is that something that you do really early on in the process or later? I'd say in the beginning, mm -hmm. sure. And when um, do clients start to ask about the cost of things? Generally, it's right away. Really? Yeah. They really want to know? Yeah. Because um, they don't want to get their heart set on something that is you know, beyond, is beyond yeah. like, there's some faucets that are exorbitant prices. They're beautiful. Uh -huh. But is this a place where you want to spend all your money? We have appliances to purchase. We have lots of other things. It's great to have some um, definite focal points but um, we've got to take it all into consideration. Now, I usually have an idea of the price range that a client may be in, and I try to give you clues that you're really good yes. at receiving. You know, I roll my eyes, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I tilt my head. Um, what? And we read each other's faces pretty well. Yeah. Um, do you find that, that the customers coming in have any idea no. of what things might cost? Some do, but majority do not. And it usually takes several times for them to come in and they get overwhelmed but if they don't come in with a professional they're all over the place to be honest with you they 
they don't they don't understand um, our language. It's talk, like yeah. talking a foreign language to them. It is. Yeah. Um, they don't realize that. Um, for an example, trims and valves go together uh, by manufacturer. Uh, they don't understand, and we have to make them realize that uh, in the kitchen, this is not such an issue because the valves and the faucets come together. But in a shower, for instance, they, oh, I'm just, I'm just coming in to spruce up my bathroom and I want to change the, the fixtures, you know, the faucets only, but I'm not opening my wall. So we ask them, well, what valves or what brand Mm -hmm. do you currently have all oh, I haven't a clue I bought the house that way yeah and right so we need to have a plumber or somebody figure out uh what valves are in the wall how we do this is usually by taking the trim off and looking at the valve and finding out what it is Sometimes these valves are so old yeah. that there's no trim available for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have to kind of do, a, um, you know, a, 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 another option for them. And what are the major brands that you work with? Oh, well, we have several. Um, Col we have Kohler. We have um, Hans Grohe is excellent. Uh, Graf. Mm -hmm. Brizo Delta, and we carry the showroom brands of those. It's different than a product that you're going to see over at the big box stores. Uh, same thing for Mullen. Mullen is an excellent company um, as well. And a lot of these companies, Newport Brass, uh, Roll, are higher end, but most of these brands all have a beginning, middle, and high as far as price range. Yeah, so is that the difference between one actual look uh, looking fixture of, uh, or another, or is that about how the working mechanism? Um, probably both. The, um, uh, the entry level is usually a scaled down version uh, of something a little less um, custom features. They're more of a, um, uh, it, it could be considered what we call a builder line. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. You know, what are the builders lines in, in the showroom we're now working with? Well, uh, builder lines are, uh, most manufacturers have them. They're less expensive. They're good for secondary. You could do it for a, um, a master or a, a um, you know, powder room. But usually the master in the powder room is where we're going to put the pizzazz in those yeah. two areas. The builder's line were great for the secondary bathrooms. And then, and so what is the difference in what we're paying for if in something, you know, something that costs more and something that costs less? I mean, the plumbing, like a faucet is a faucet or is that not true? Uh, okay. So um, on a builder line, they're more of a mass produced item. They don't have as many, um, you know, design factors. The valve may be a little bit um, more streamlined, less options. Um, so it's like a, a, 
a streamlined version of um, one of their higher end products. So it, it means there's no bells and whistles, just like buying a car. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So without, um, so there are less options, but if what you see is what you like and we're in the showroom and they see a faucet with, you know, a lever handle or, you know, a crisscross handle or whatever it is, that's just, it's just at the basis of that. We're not going to, we're not going to be able to give them options of changing a lot of things right. because they're right. being more mass produced. Right. So there are just more of them in the world. Right. And um, what are, do people come in with brands in mind? Is it a plumbing? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. A yeah. lot of people are on the internet that they're where they're doing most of their shopping. Um, so they do see a lot of things uh, that they like the look of. Um, and where I'm currently working now, um, we have a lot of brands that, um, but we don't carry everything. So there are so many brands out there from other countries and um, parts of the United States that regionally we don't get, but um, we try to have a really good assortment um, of styles and products um, and at a price where they can really get value for what they're spending, whether it's an expensive brand, what we call a luxury brand or a national brand. And so then is there a big difference between the quality of one brand to another? Meaning um, it could be, it could, yeah. it could okay. be, it has to do with the um, cost of the materials oh. the product is made from, for instance, kitchen sinks. We have some kitchen sinks. There are very good gauge of stainless steel, but um, the manufacturing process is different. So they're less expensive. And I mean, it, it's a big difference um, because uh, some are made by machine, totally. Some are made by hand to this day and they're very high quality. So that's what you And that for. really like you'll you'll feel the difference like if you're in a high-end car versus, you know, um, a 25-year-old Volkswagen Bug. Exactly, um, yeah. You'll you'll feel the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um so when we're not in a global pandemic, um our different lines of plumbing fixtures, you know, come from far and wide and take longer, you know, in the in for that we have to leave in our planning time to be able to reliably have them delivered. I usually tell you the project timeline as we walk in the door. So if it's a short window, you'll be able to direct us to either the lines you right. stock or the lines mm -hmm. that you trust to be available. How early do you ask the, that question of the well, client? You, we normally need four to six weeks. That's usually a really good time frame for most of our brands. In this pandemic atmosphere, it's kind of six to eight weeks. Valves, of course, in most cases, not, not all, we can give you that day or a few days after. We've even had situations where valves are not available during the pandemic. And then we have to like find, find how to get some, you know, and search far and wide to do that. So let me uh, explain a little bit about valves and, and you can help me. Once the valves are delivered to the project and installed, it will not be until like seven to 10 months of construction until the actual faucets, levers, knobs, and controls, which are called the trims are needed. While the timing for the trims may be weeks or months away, 
what the plumbing team back at the house needs during the framing process is the valves. Can mm -hmm. you explain how you're able to have the valves available and in stock and the and what the trims are? Well, the valves will tell us the functions that the um, finished product is going to do. So there's no finish on the valves. They're uh, just brass. And uh, so it's all the same, regardless of what the outside finish is going to be. So we know what that is ahead of time. So we can have that in stock. We don't know what the customer is going to select for the finished trim until they order it. So we don't have that available in most cases. Yeah, so the valves are the part that's inside the wall. Mm -hmm. So obviously the, the builders are gonna want those parts before they close in the walls. And the trim is everything from the outside of the wall. So it's the plate that goes behind the faucet or the shower valves or whatever, and then the functioning parts themselves. Right, and it they, goes yeah. on after your tile but your plumber still needs to know what's doing what, what's gonna operate it, um, how many accessories you're having, you know, where he needs to make the, the stub out appear on the finished wall, things like that. Cool, and then, um, and the trims are the things that when you say the finish, it's the finish meaning um, it's, it's polished chrome or it's satin nickel or it's, any of those things. Right. Uh, are there are there some um, specific finishes that are very popular now? Do you find that yes. those have been going um, in and out of style? Well, we've been, for the last probably two years, the matte black and uh, satin bronze or satin gold have been really trendy. Um, and I do say trendy. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just like in the 70s when they had the avocado green and harvest gold. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. This is going to uh, look great, but it will down the road tell you when probably you did the remodeling or building of this home. Because that, you know, when it's popular, oh, this was popular in the 80s. This was popular mm -hmm. in the 90s. You know, yeah. we can kind of determine by what you have um, when it was done. When it was done. Yeah. You know, it, that uh, reminds me that one of the earliest questions that I ask, uh, whether we're building a home from the ground up or whether we're um, I'm working on someone's renovations is how long do you expect to be in the house? Because the mm -hmm. kinds of decisions that you make, um, if you're going to be there, if your idea is to be there another three to five years and then uh, move on for whatever reason, whether you think it'll be time to downsize or move up or whatever, um, versus someone who says, you know, they're going to take me out of this house in a box. Mm -hmm. That really, that really determines for me how egocentric I can help them let the uh, choices be. And a lot of times as we're going through the showroom, if they're attracted to things that I think um, I've seen in my career happen for two years and then go down and then go, mm -hmm. you know, and now they're up again. Um, and so I usually say things like, you know, the most, um, universally liked and the, the things that last the longest and will look brand new when you get ready to sell your house would be chrome or satin nickel. Right. And they, they are, um, they're always in style. They always look great. Um, it just depends on if you want to have the plumbing fixtures stand out and shine, or if you want them to look, uh, in the background and blend in with things. So 
these two finishes are usually the most available. They're probably the easiest to take care of and the most choices of, of styles. And are some of the um, more trendy finishes uh, going to be harder to get? I mean, are they making yes, less they of them? Yes, they usually are. Yeah. So um, we have people coming in the showroom. Um, oh, I need a gold faucet uh, today or next week. Well, not gonna happen. There's so much in demand. You're looking at eight to 10 weeks in most cases, the black, matte black as well. We might find some of the pieces here and there, but to complete the set, you have to allow for that time. Um, a lot of the companies such as Newport Brass, Phil Rich, some of those companies, they're actually making the product for the customer when it's ordered. It doesn't exist. It's not on a shelf like at Home Depot or Lowe's waiting for you. It's being created as, as you order it. it. Yeah. So something to think about. It's more of a custom product. Yeah. And are some of the brands like Newport Brass and um, California Faucets, I always think of them as California brands. I don't know why. Are they, they are, all over the they country? They are, or? but they're sold nationwide. Yeah. But they're made here. Uh-huh. Um, both the, those are excellent quality. I, could, I couldn't recommend anything more. Um, they're very reliable. The companies have excellent warranties yeah. and they take care of the customer. Yeah, and, uh, it, are there any brands that you don't recommend? Can we, can we go there? Um, there are some, uh, I'm not gonna name them, okay, but um, mostly it, has, it doesn't have to do with um, the product itself has to do with uh, customer service yeah. and shipability. Um, if they're not willing to take care of the customer when there's an issue, uh, probably not a brand I'm gonna recommend. If they're hard for us to deal with, it's gonna be even harder for the uh, end user. Yeah, well, and that's how I, I feel about including an interior designer or a builder in the plumbing process, plumbing fixture process, because as hard as it might be for you, because it's all about numbers, I don't, I don't even know how you do it. I mean, you keep better track of my clients, you know, plumbing fixtures than I am capable of doing, which is why I love you. Yeah. Um, but it is hard for me. I'm constantly checking and rechecking lists and checking the date on the list to make sure. I mean, we change one thing. Is that going to sh not show up because I'm not it's not on the list that I'm tracking um, that, you know, people who are trying to go it alone with plumbing fixtures. It's really difficult. It's very challenging. It's challenging for us. Um, recently, with this pandemic atmosphere, we'll be given a we'll be given a date when the order is placed. And we call back in two to three weeks to expecting, oh, it's going to be ready for shipment. And they're saying, oh, we've had a delay. It's going to be an additional two weeks. So not a good thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, it is what it is. These factories have been shut down. Yeah. Um, they're coming back, but most of them are coming back in a limited manufacturing uh, capacity. And shipping is slow as well, because, you know, for the same reason, they're not, they don't have as many drivers, they, you know, yeah. and order pullers, things like that. So it's, it's really a challenging time. Yeah. And, you know, did you find that things have changed greatly since um, the downturn, uh, economic downturn in 2008? 
because I found, I find that organizations and, and suppliers and showrooms that used to stock a certain amount of inventory stopped stocking things at that point. And so things became, it became a different time trajectory because less things were available at the point of the showroom. Uh, at that time, um, it has to do with a lot of, we are in California. We have a lot more taxes than some of the other states. So the showroom owners don't want to have a bunch of inventory that may or may not be sold mm-hmm. sitting on a shelf. So the chrome and the brush nickel is always a sure bet. They don't mind having that. Some of your trendier finishes can go in and out of trend and they don't want to get stuck with it. Yeah. Plus they have to pay tax on it. Yeah. You know, a, an inventory tax. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you have to look at it from that point of view, but um yeah, I mean, so I found that um, after that point, organizations just do things differently, and we had mm-hmm. a shift. I'm hoping that the downturns and the 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 time issues this time around are only you know are only because there was a shutdown, and now things are backed up, and that you know within a certain amount of time, things will flow as they used to. I hope so. I hope, I hope so, so too. too. Now I know that I make your work easier um, on large projects because. Uh, I lead my client to making the decisions that they need in a timely manner. How do you lead your customers to make their selections? Well, I, I try to narrow it down and I try to remove. Okay, so you like this one, but you like this one too. <laughs> what is it that you like this you know about this other one that you know um, can tends to uh, be more favorable for you. So they'll tell me. So I said, well, then if this other one is, uh, let's just remove it from the equation. And ha- little by little, you narrow it down. we narrow it down. Also, if they're there to do one room at a time, sometimes it's better and have them come back and make another appointment. Let's say we're working on only the kitchen today. Let's get the kitchen squared away. There's lots of choices. Let's get this done. And then either later in the week, you can come back and we'll work on the secondary bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And I try to have those be as similar as possible. And maybe they can do something um, more unique with the tile or the flooring and and keep the uh, plumbing fixture simple. It also helps the installers if they have like you know yeah. like like products to install right yeah um so do you actually try to make an appointment with them for their next you know uh follow up before they leave or because people can really not get the timeline and feel like oh i went to the plumbing st- you know supply store check and not have actually made any decisions right. to move forward um no i um i will set an appointment and if there's something that comes up in their um, their life that they need to switch it, I'll ask for a different day. Yeah, so you'll to, try yeah. to stay on it. Right. Yeah. And uh, usually when they've per- made a purchase, they know they have to – I try to separate the rooms by orders. I won't put a whole house yeah. on one order. Right, it's too it's much. It's helpful for um, the customer to separate it in their mind as to what's going where. 
but also um, for me to keep track of, but also when we're delivering it, it'll have a little line and a description, master bath, um, yeah. Joni's bath room. For which or, I am truly grateful. Or, you know, that way <laughs> yeah. when the, the uh, workers on the job are unloading a truck or taking it, they'll look at the label and they'll see the name on there. They know where it goes. Yeah. They're not putting the wrong set of, of uh, trims in the wrong room. Well, what you described is what makes my work so much easier. Um, and you also, you are the one who knows how all the parts connect, um, what is needed on both the inside of the wall and the outside of the wall. And you keep track of, of my orders, you know, as I said before, even better than I do. Um, you usually know better what's been delivered and what hasn't been delivered. And I can call you and you know it without going checking your book sometimes. I don't know how you do it. How do you keep track of it all? We have an open order report that we work on a daily basis. Mm. Plus, I photocopy every single order that I do. Everybody doesn't work the way I do at my showroom. But um, uh, since I've been working for this company, I, I make my own tangible file. I make notes on the file. I make notes in the computer on where it needs to be done. But I, um, I have the actual notes on my copy. And um, if there's anything that is of interest or deadlines that we have to meet, I'll have those written down. Um, and then um, if I see there's a problem, I mean, I will um, get on the phone mm -hmm. and speak to my vendors and try and, you know, uh, uh, work outside the box, so to speak, to get that product there. Yeah, you, I, you have done that for me many, many times. And yeah, your, your recall on that. Stuff Sometimes the owners of the showrooms yeah. don't like what I do, but you know, how other you are not going to come back to me yeah. if I can't get your project handled in a timely right. manner. That's right. And I've come back to you for 15 years yeah, right. or more. Um, now that we have a general understanding of how to begin the process and what to expect as we shop for and select the plumbing fixtures for our project, how long it might take to get the parts and what it may all cost. I really want to talk to you about the nuances and ranges of options we have in every room. I'm going to continue my talk with Gail, and we will have the episode ready for you next week. Be sure to tune in to each episode weekly by going to our website at fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.